They may be the cutest grandchildren that have ever been born. I say may because sometimes Del Ason likes to act as though his, which are now grown, of course, and so we can't really prove the point, he acts as though his might have been as cute when they were as young, like mine are, as mine are. I highly doubt it. I've seen his grandchildren. I love them. They're precious children. They're wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked that, that they could come from Dell. But, but nonetheless, I think that probably mine are, I, like the word superior isn't a good word. I'm not going to say superior. That, uh, bad connotation is there. It's just that there's a, there's a level that mine reach. And I, and, I mean, I, it's, possible, it's possible that Dell's got close possible. I love them. They're wonderful kids. But if you had been here in the first service, we could have proved the point. Okay? So, Del, I love you. You have a, you have a wonderful wife and family. They're all beautiful, and I, and I admire them. But I think I have beautiful grandchildren. <laughs> so, we have been for a while now focusing on intersections talking about where we as a church connect with our world, with our society. And there are certainly intersections between ourselves and our world. And this is especially true perhaps at Christmas time. At Christmas time, we have a chance to see the world in a way that maybe we don't all the time. Um, there are probably many of you who at this point of the year took the opportunity to, to be involved in the lives of people that you normally wouldn't be. That's a possibility. And that's one of the things that we've been able to do here. In fact, over the last year especially, we've had wonderful, wonderful relationships that have been built. You know, if you were to come on Wednesday for lunch, what you'd experience is a, a beautiful time of communion, a time of joining together where the staff, some volunteers from here join together with some people who come from our community. And, and that community and fellowship that forms on those Wednesdays for lunch is absolutely beautiful. And it's at this time of year, especially when we take note of just how beautiful that is, when there are beautiful expressions of love and community that come out. Well, when we spend just a little bit of time with friends from our community who really have become in so many ways part of us and our relationship, when we spend time with them, there is something happens. In fact, I would put it this way. I would say that our efforts connect with hurting people, mean for them, and really this is true of all of us, but it certainly is for those who come to our Wednesday lunches, an opportunity to connect with a world of relationships from which they are largely separated. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. All of us, I would say, long for relationship. All of us long to be part of some kind of connection. We all want to be part of community. We all want to be part of family. But the fact is that there are some people in our world who never get to experience family and community and closeness and love and fellowship the way that some of us do get to experience it. And that's a tragedy. You know, in my life, the fact is, is that every night I go home 
and I go home to a loving family. Every night I go home and there is somebody there. In fact, there's at least two people now and with holidays here, there'll be a whole lot more than that at different times. I go home to people who love me and who care for me and are filled with compassion for me and are close to me and express their love to me and our relationship flourishes. And I get to experience that virtually every night of my life. And the fact is, you do too. Now, you may take it for granted. You may go home every night and you're tired and and you don't, when you walk in the door, think to yourself, wow, the rest of the evening is going to be spent with people who dearly care for me. I'm going to be around people the rest of the night who would give their lives for me, who in fact do give their lives for me. You may not think in those terms every evening when when you go home, But the fact is, is that that's what most of us experience. And because it is so rich and so deep and so wonderful and so meaningful, we shouldn't necessarily take it for granted, but it's easy for us to do so. And there are people that we know and people that we love who don't experience exactly that. And so sometimes when we gather on Wednesdays for lunch or we see other people during the week, we get to experience some of what people experience when they don't have those kinds of relationships. So this week, because it's Christmas time, uh, we had arranged to give gifts to some friends of ours. And Hope had set it up on Monday and on Tuesday and Wednesday for some people from our community to come and spend time here in our church building, having some coffee, drinking some tea, spending some time in fellowship. And because we had a chance to sit down with them and spend that kind of time with them longer than we normally do on Wednesdays, um, the staff was able to hear beautiful stories that came forth from them about their lives. And and yet I I say beautiful, I guess in some sense I should say tragic because some of those stories are in fact tragic. And so there's at least one person that was there this week who was telling us about how uh, his father was perhaps a bit of a hard man. Um, at one point he said, you know, my dad used to tell us that, uh, that we'd have a hard time filling his shoes. He said, now I, you know, I'm, I'm bigger than he was, I can easily fill his shoes. But it had the impression that maybe the relationship between his father and himself wasn't fantastic. And then he said, but you know what? If I could saint somebody, I would saint my mother. I'd make her a saint. She was absolutely wonderful. And so with tears in his eyes, he talked about his mother and how much she meant to him. And it was a window into his life. It was a bit of appealing coming off so that we could see better who he was and better get to know him. Now, this is a fellow who numerous times I've invited him to come here, talk to him about the Lord a bit, ask him what his thoughts are about God and about Jesus. And he's always kind of uh, waved that all off. You know, like, you know, I don't really believe in that stuff. But this week, when I asked him about those things, and when I said to him specifically, We're having a Christmas Eve service at 5.30 on Christmas Eve. Maybe it's something you should come to. He left the door open. He definitely left the door open and even said, you know, I might just make it. Well, he's never said anything like that to me before. I might just make it. 
Why is it that now, all of a sudden, that has changed? And I'm convinced that it has to do with the relationship that we've built. Uh, He's a part of my life now. I'm a part of his life. We share together in something. And when we're sharing at that level, things begin to happen, which normally would not. It's interesting. We've got some mental health professionals here today. I don't know if they would agree with this or not, but I've heard it said, and I think I do agree, that a great many of the mental health struggles, the emotional struggles that people have in our world, would be taken care of if the people who struggle in various ways just had a relationship or two that for them meant everything. If they could find in that relationship wholeness and peace and connection and love and unity and self-esteem, if all those things could be there for them in a relationship, that a lot of the struggles they have and the emotional struggles would just go away. That's not true in every case I know, but I wonder if in a lot of cases it wouldn't be. I think of another person that was here this week who uh, decided to talk to us in a way that he hasn't about his family. So he shared, I've got a couple of brothers. Talked about how he's got two brothers who live here in the Calgary area, one of whom has a business, and the business that the brother runs has 80 employees. The brother that was here that was having coffee with us in the last couple of days, said, I, I won't talk to him at the holiday time. I asked him specifically if he would share any time during the holiday time with his brothers, and he said no. In fact, he's just going to be by himself, separated from them, at an important time of year, because he doesn't really have relationship with them the way he really needs. Well, I'm glad that there's something going on between us and that person. So that now when I say to him, well, what about our Christmas Eve service? Do you think you might make that? He was a bit interested in that. In fact, it was interesting because he asked, what time are your services on Sunday morning? And I told him 8.50 a.m. was the first one. He wasn't interested in that at all. (laughs) But maybe one day he'll come to this one. I pray that he does. We could talk about a number of other people from our community that were receiving gifts from this Uh, this week and with whom we share relationship constantly. And so there was a lady here this week who uh, sat us down and in her own unique way shared with Jonathan and Hope and I a speech that she had written. And the speech wasn't long, but it was meaningful because what her speech was talking about was the relationship that we have with her. And she was talking about how we care about her and She cares about us, and we share meals with her, and we share those meals together. And for her, that's great blessing. Well, I'm glad that we could share that relationship with her. Uh, And there were others here that we could talk about in terms of of how they experienced something from us, and we experienced something from them. The the last person that left on Wednesday after everyone else was gone, and we gave him his last gift, or the last gift, um, was absolutely shocked when I turned to him with a bag uh, to give to him. And it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't mock sincerity. It wasn't like, oh, for me, it was a very sincere, for me, really? You've, you've gotten a gift for me? And that's because... Something was, again, being shared. 
And that over time, there has been relationship built and connection and community. And that's what people need, I think, more than anything else. Now, what's interesting about all of that is the connection that Jesus makes between who we're supposed to be and those kinds of intersections. And so look at this text. This is from Philippians chapter 2. Paul says, if there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility can count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, the last part is maybe a little obvious here in terms of the connection that we're going to make to what we're doing this morning, but look at the first two verses. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from His love, any participation in the Spirit... Well, all that language is relational. Everything, I think, that a human being desires can be found in this kind of relationship that one has with Jesus Christ. It's in Christ that we have these things. And when we have these things in Jesus, something happens between us. So here this morning, especially at this time of year, we're going to be sharing with one another good thoughts for me to have my grandchildren here over the next few weeks or a couple of weeks, several days, is a rich, wonderful experience. And you're going to experience those kinds of things maybe for the next week or two. What does that mean to us? Doesn't it mean basically everything? And so you can share this morning with each other about things that are meaningful to you. And the relationships that you have are deep and they're encouraging and they're filled with love. Well, that's what Paul says that we have in Christ. We have real encouragement. We have real comfort, real participation. There's affection and sympathy with each other. There's compassion to the point where Paul can say, it's like we're of one mind, one life together in him. So we experience all those good things, the very things that everyone else in our community longs for. Aren't you glad that you have those? Isn't it true that we sometimes just take them so for granted, those wonderful relationships that mean everything to us? But then look at what is after this. Do nothing then from selfish ambition or conceit, but humility count others more significant than yourselves. Flowing right out of the relationships that we share together is that kind of caring for one another. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. What are the interests of others? You know, we can, we can provide food. We can give shelter. We can give clothes. But the fact is, there are people all over our city who get those things from the Salvation Army, or they get those things from the drop-in center. You can find food and shelter and clothing in jail. What you can't find is having all of your interests met, meaning the things that are most interesting, most vital to you. 
And what's most interesting, what's most vital to virtually everyone, and certainly the people who share with us at lunch on Wednesday, is connection and relationship and love and unity and peace, community. And so I want to encourage you at this time of year to ask what it means for us to be reaching out to others with the heart that wants to build a community. This seems to be the most impactful thing that we can do in our world is to reach into the lives of others to build relationship and community with them. And I want you to notice something because following on this passage comes this one. Have this mind among yourselves, this notion of helping the interests of others, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. In other words, Jesus became one of those persons who most needs community and relationship above everything else and provides with us the opportunity for that kind of community and relationship. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So he sacrifices everything in order to give that kind of relationship and community to somebody else. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and has bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father." And ultimately, Jesus is glorified. He receives all the glory of the Son of God because he chose to come into our world and make himself available for relationship with people. And so there's a challenge for us, I think, present at Christmas time. And that challenge has to do not so much with a little baby in a manger, as much as a Lord who sacrificed everything to come into our world to build relationship with others and to give them the chance to have what is most meaningful for every human being, the possibility of community. Uh, When I was a kid, there were several presents that meant the most to me. Like I can remember when I was about eight or so, I found under the tree a, you know, a package, and I opened it up, and in it was a great big plastic G.I. Joe Jeep that had, it was huge, and it had beautiful black tires. The Jeep itself was green. Uh, G.I. Joe, who was moldable and had massive feet for his size, would, you could dress him and put him inside the Jeep, um, I, one outfit that I had of his came as a, he was an undersea diver and you could put him in the undersea diver outfit and then I could take him into the basin in our utility room and sink him into the water and he always came out alive. He was, it was wonderful to have that gift. Um, you know, I've told you before about when I was nine years old, the same, at, at that moment, my mother was in the process of, of dying. She had leukemia. She passed away very soon. But I received for Christmas that year a guitar, and it meant everything to me to receive that gift. Well, what's interesting is is that when I think about the G.I. Joe Jeep, or when I think about him in his underwater gear going down into the water, 
or when I think about the guitar, it's actually not the most meaningful thing, the presents themselves. Like, I don't think of the Jeep and think, what a great toy that was. Boy, I have such memories of that toy. What I have memories of is the fact that I know my father couldn't begin to afford those things. And somehow he did. And he had to have made great sacrifice in order to give those things to me as gifts. Why did he do that? And what was going on that he would give those gifts to me? And the point, of course, is that there is, through these great gifts, incredible relationship expressed. There's community and connection and heartfelt warmth and love. So I hope that this time of year, as you're reflecting on Christmas, there's a lot of gifts, a lot of commercialism, a lot of money gets exchanged, all of it looks a little bit superficial. Behind much of that, I hope, is a sense that because God did what He did in Jesus, we have a chance to continue to build and create community and to see the meaningfulness of the relationships that God thought were so important, He would send His Son to make those relationships possible. Minister to others, make sacrifices, give yourself to those around you, and you're going to be blessed by community in a wonderful way. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much for Jesus who came as a sacrifice that we might know you, be in relationship with you. And God, the impact of of Jesus' coming into our world continues to bless us as we build relationships with others and at times put ourselves out there, making sacrifices that we can be connected to other people and bless their lives. Father, help us to do that. Help us to be willing to connect, to intersect with those around us, those from our own communities, to build relationship and to give them in the process the very things in life that they most need. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.